people, even multitudes, are dying the world over as a result of lack of purpose. This lack of purpose creates a host of psychological, spiritual disorders that result in dark depression, self-loathing, self-mutilation, zero self-respect, and even suicide for many. The situation will only worsen. In this purposeless life, Myriad crimes reside, crimes against God, self, and society. The human soul must have purpose to strive and thrive into no fulfillment, or one simply withers on the vine. This world offers natural short-term purposes, including goals like making the team, graduating from school, starting a career, marrying and starting a family, and includes goals like good health, wealth, a comfortable retirement, and a nice funeral. What? <laughs> a nice funeral? Yes, a funeral. For even if one is successful in his or her goals, the success is only temporal. In fact, much of the time, disappointment abounds, goals unmet and targets unachieved. But it doesn't have to be that way. Jesus Christ offers us marvelous eternal purpose. He offers not only our own salvation— but also the ministry of reconciliation where we lead others to the foot of Calvary's cross, and those labors yield eternal glory. Consider this. One blood-bought soul is worth more than the aggregate wealth of the earth and its universe. That's what I call purpose. Dear visitor, have you yet to be born again? John 3, 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus said you must be born again, born a second time, this time of the Spirit of God. In just a moment, I will invite you to follow me in a simple prompt. And if you do, you will participate in the greatest miracle a man can know. You will be born again. Today, all of your sin and shame will be washed away by Christ's cleansing blood. Today, all of the devil's bonds will be broken. The bigger, the better. Today, you will become brand new and begin a journey of eternal purpose. You will decide yes or no at this moment. Here is the prompt I promised. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Genesis 6, 5 through 8. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord." God said, Genesis seven seventeen through 23. And the flood was 40 days upon the earth, and the waters increased and bare up the ark, and it was lifted up above the earth. And the waters prevailed and were increased greatly upon the earth, and the ark wet upon the face of the waters. And the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth, and all the high hills that were under the whole heaven were covered. Fifteen cubits upward did the waters prevail, and the mountains were covered. And all flesh died that moved upon the earth, both of fowl and of cattle and of beasts and of creeping things that creepeth upon the earth and every man. 
all in whose nostrils was the breath of life, of all that was in the dry land died. And every living substance was destroyed, which was upon the face of the ground, both man and cattle, and the creeping things, and the fowl of the heaven. And they were destroyed from the earth, and Noah only remained alive, and they that were with him in the ark. God said, Psalms 19:9, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Man said, a young lady riding down the road and considering the issue of God muses, who needs God? I'll follow the science. She rounds the bend and sees a terrible accident scene in front of her, bodies and cars strewn across the road. She exclaims, oh, my God. Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said, feature 1,138 that will once again contend for the faith in Christ Jesus. All of these faith-building features are archived here in text and streaming audio for the edification of the faithful and as a platform from which to fish for the lost sons and daughters of Adam. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Thank you for visiting. May God's face shine upon you with light and truth. They are some of the names of blasphemy spoken of in Revelation 17, 3 through 5, and they are the devil's yoke fellows. The three I have in mind for this feature are Karl Marx's communism, Charles Darwin's evolution, and the no god of atheism. These three are truly hooked at the hip. These champions of blasphemy cannot allow a divine foot in the door. God and his word must be blocked at all costs, for if he enters in, all of their foolish darkness must leap out the window, even as darkness leaps out the window when the light switch is turned on. As one of their own, evolutionist Richard Lewontin explains, it is not that the methods and institutions of science somehow compel us to accept a material explanation of the phenomenal world, but on the contrary, that we are forced by our a priori adherence to material causes to create an apparatus of investigation and a set of concepts that produce material explanations, no matter how counterintuitive, no matter how mystifying to the uninitiated. Moreover, that materialism is absolute, so we cannot allow a divine foot in the door, end of quote. Before we get to some of the latest information concerning Noah and the global flood, we will be weaving in and out of previously published God Said, Man Said research. Those of you who spend a lot of time with us may find that some of this information is not new to you and redundant, but be advised that redundancy is crucially important in God's teaching technique. Isaiah 28, 9 through 10. I am reminded of Brother Sam Feldman. Fifty years ago, Brother Sam taught me repetition is reputation. Redundancy is foundational to learning. God said, man said, stacks upon stacks, new evidence pours in confirming Noah and the flood. Excerpts follow. When one starts from a position of unbelief in God's word upside down, we'll look right side up. Consider carnal science's claim that the universe and its earth are about 14 billion years old 
and the Bible's declaration that the earth and its universe are just over 6,000 years old, and it becomes obvious that we have a serious upside-down situation. That is a demonstration in unbelief in God's Word versus faith in God's Word. Somebody's way off. Foundational to the theory of evolution is the theory of uniformitarianism, a geological concept that states the present is the key to the past. In his book, Many Infallible Proofs, Dr. Henry M. Morse speaks of evolutionary uniformitarianism as meaning all things have developed into their present from the same slow natural processes that function at present, acting over billions of years of time, end of quote. There are two accounts in the Bible record that no one would classify as uniform. Now, I must note that these biblical positions can be proven beyond any reasonable doubt, leaving only the doubt of the unreasonable kind. Number one is creation itself. If a uniformitarian arrived on earth on day seven of creation week, he would look around and see all the glorious life forms around him and the earth and its universe. The uniformitarian would assume history when everything around them is actually just six days old or less. Had this uniformitarian encountered Adam 15 minutes after God created him and breathed the breath of life up his nostrils, this uniformitarian would have assumed eons of time for this Adam to evolve, yet Adam was only 15 minutes old. No one would call creation uniform. Number two is the global flood that took place in the days of Noah, which evolutionists hold in total disregard. This feature will once again certify the incontrovertible truth of Noah and his ark beyond any reasonable doubt, and the unreasonable too. No one would call a global flood that destroyed everything that had the breath of life in its nostrils, with the exception of those upon the ark, as uniform. No one. When you build upon unbelief, Upside down is only the outcome. According to Bishop Archer's meticulous chronological record in his book, The Annals of the World, written in the 1600s, Noah boarded the ark on Sunday, December 7th, 2349 B.C. Stacks upon stacks of the obvious shout from the highest mountaintops literally and shout yes to Noah, but today's academics refuse to acknowledge the obvious. They have refused to retain God in their knowledge, and therefore God gave them over to a reprobate mind, Romans 1.28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. A reprobate mind means a worthless mind. Now consider this. The evolutionists believed there was an explosion out of nothing, and as a result, here we are. The earth, its amazing life forms, the colossal universe, and even the awesome, immeasurable human brain, all of this wonder just popped right out of this explosion of nothing with a big bang. Evolutionists proudly announced that your first cousin is the humble mushroom, your second cousin is a banana, and your father is a monkey. They tell you about the poor old water buffalo who hung around the water too much and evolved into the whale. That's just one of evolution's theories on how the whale, a mammal, got back into the water after leaving many millions of years before as a fish. Wow, that's just so intellectually satisfying, don't you think? End of quote. God said, man said, Brother Paul wants Noah answers. The process by which anything in the past or the present is proven 
is the same process one would employ in proving Noah. One of the primary points of proof would be credible witnesses. This standard is laid out in numerous places in the Word of God. For example, Deuteronomy 19.15, One witness shall not rise up against a man for any iniquity or for any sin, and any sin that he sinneth. At the mouth of two witnesses, or at the mouth of three witnesses, shall the matter be established. But when all of the witnesses of the event are dead, where would a person go for witnesses? No one alive today was alive when General George Washington was inaugurated as the first president of the United States of America. We know of his life and its events from a corroboration of credible, reliable historical records, as well as various circumstantial evidences. One of the world's most credible ancient historians, who was born several years after the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, was Flavius Josephus. Excuse me. He wrote the antiquities of the Jews and the wars of the Jews. In his possession, he had the commentary and backstory from the books from the temple library of many things found in the Bible. Josephus wrote the following concerning Noah and the global flood. He also references historians who were from antiquity in his time, he writes. After this, the ark rested on the top of a certain mountain in Armenia, which when Noah understood, he opened it, and seeing a small piece of land about it, he continued quiet and conceived some cheerful hopes of deliverance. But a few days afterward, when the water was decreased to a greater degree, he sent out a raven as uh, desirous to, to learn whether any other part of the earth were left dry by the earth and whether he might go out of the ark with safety. But the raven, finding all the land still overflowed, returned to Noah again. And after seven days he sent out a dove to know the state of the ground, which came back to him covered in mud and bringing an olive branch. Hereby Noah learned that the earth was become clear of the flood. So after he had stayed seven more days, he sent the living creatures out of the ark, and both he and his family went out, when he also sacrificed to God and feasted with his companions. However, the Armenians call this place the place of descent, for the ark being saved in that place, it remains, or its remains are shown there by the inhabitants to this day. Now all the writers of barbarian histories make mention of this flood and of this ark, among whom is Barossus the Chaldean, for when he is describing the circumstances of the flood, he goes on thus. It is said, there is still some part of this ship in Armenia at the mountain of the Cordians, and that some people carry uh, off pieces of the bitum, bitumen, which they take away and use chiefly as amulets for the averting of mischiefs. Hieronymus, the Egyptian also, who wrote the Phoenician Antiquities, and Manasses, and a great many more, make mention of the same. Nay, Nicholas of Damascus, in his 96th book, hath a particular relation about them, where he speaks thus, There is a great mountain in Armenia, or Arminius, called Baris, upon which it is reported that many who fled at the time of the deluge were saved, and that one who was carried in an ark came on shore upon the top of it, and that the remains of the timber were a great while preserved. This might be the man about whom Moses, the legislator of the Jews, wrote. Other historical accounts are found in the 500-plus ancient societal records, nearly all of which are non-Judeo-Christian to tell of the flood, end of quote. 
Many in the not-so-distant past have declared the existence of the remains of Noah's Ark, including luminaries such as Marco Polo. In the 1900s, the story of Noah pours on. The following paragraphs are lifted from Vance Nelson's book, Flood Fossils. The year was 1916. The Russians were experimenting with a new high-altitude engine in one of their aircraft. They were flying over a mountain known as Agri Dog or Ararat in English. To their amazement, they spotted an enclosed sea-going vessel high atop the mountain. At first, they were puzzled. Why would anyone be building such a vessel on a mountain? News about the vessel atop Ararat got back to Tsar Nicholas II. In the summer of 1917, a total of 150 soldiers from the Russian White Army were ordered by the Tsar to scale the mountain in a mission to find the vessel, measure it, and document it via photography. According to witnesses, the Russians indeed discovered the vessel, and as they approached it, the soldiers and scientists fell completely silent. No orders were issued verbally, and a sense of complete awe fell upon them as they contemplated the vessel before them. None doubted. They were standing in front of Noah's Ark. It was surreal. It was what some people call a religious experience. The box-like vessel was on the edge of a small lake. There was a long series of windows or ventilation openings running lengthways along the top of the vessel at knee height from the roof. The door was missing and found nearby partially burned. The wood had a wax-like coating both inside and outside the vessel. There were cages, uh, some with metalwork. Uh, there were three levels based on the measurements taken. The vessel was 500 feet long, 83 feet wide, and 50 feet tall. Photographs were taken, and eventually they and the report were sent back to the Tsar. So did the Russians really discover the Ark? A large number of witnesses back up the fact of the expedition. Let us look at just a few. Colonel Alexander Kork. Colonel Alexander Kor was an officer in the Russian White Army in 1915. Though he was not on the expedition to the Ark, he had knowledge of it. He recounts how Russian pilots spotted the Ark, how Tsar Nicholas II commissioned the expeditions with two groups of men, one with 50 and one with 100. He mentions that the Ark was measured and photographed. He states that the official records were lost during the Bolshevik Revolution. Colonel Corps communicated with ARC researcher Earl Cummings in 1946 and stated this. Some enlightening data comes from the official records of the Russian Caucasian Army, 1914 through 1917, by General E.B. Mavlovsky. In 1916, the 3D Caucasian Aviation Detachment, under the commandment of First Lieutenant Zabolotsky, served air duty over the region at Mount Ararat, Lake Van, and Lake Army. This aviation detachment served the 4th Caucasian Corps, and the Army aviation inspector was Captain Korbatov. I hope First Lieutenant Zavosli is the man you're looking for, for he, from an airplane, sighted the Ark and started the investigation. Captain Korbatov was his, was his supervisor. I understand that the discovery of Noah's Ark was in the end of 1916, with the scouting parties having to wait until the summer of 1917. Lieutenant Leslin admitted he had also heard about the discovery of Noah's Ark, not as a rumor, but as news from the senior adjutant of his division, who had told him that Noah's Ark was found in the saddle of two peaks of Mount Ararat. 
This is all I heard from these two officers, and I am sure both told me the truth. Czarist housemaid, an American by the name of Alvin Holdenbecker, uh, reported that his aunt, who did housekeeping for Tsar Nicholas II, heard of the expedition. My Aunt Eva worked in the Tsar's palace as a housemaid during World War, World War I when she was about 19 or 20 years old. Her father was the medical officer in the White Russian Army and a highly respected friend of the Tsar and his family. He was the chief medical officer on the expedition that found Noah's Ark. When he came back from the expedition, he showed my Aunt Eva the photographs and reports. Then the Bolsheviks took over, confiscated all of the photographs and reports, and killed as many of the men from the expedition as they could find. My Aunt Eva was the only one from her family who escaped. She was sent by the Tsar to Kaiser Wilhelm in Germany. My aunt, having seen the pictures, told me the ark was three decks high, and on top of the roof there was a catwalk that was about knee-high with openings underneath to provide ventilation or light. My aunt Eva escaped from Germany to Canada and then later came to the United States. It should be no shock that the communists would have a deep and urgent interest in destroying a colossal global bombshell such as the discovery of Noah's Ark. In that same time period, the Russian Bolshevik Revolution is taking place in the country known as the Holy Mother Russia. Noah would annihilate the Bolsheviks, Darwin, and atheism with one single blow. This must be resisted at all costs. No divine foot. If a divine foot gets in the door, all is lost. The darkness must leap out the window. There are hundreds and hundreds of pages on God Said, Man Said addressing Noah and the devastating global flood. The information is truly Holy Ghost breathtaking. The following bullet points are just a sampling. Marine fossils have been found at the peaks near the summits of all the world's mountains. Three quarters of the Earth's crust consists of sedimentary rocks which are formed almost entirely underwater. The Midwestern part of the United States, including Wisconsin and Texas, are famous in part for the colossal sand mines laid down by ocean waves. The Chinese account of their origin as beginning with a, ca a catastrophic flood and the actions of their Noah-like savior. Consider these four headlines of, of an event that experts claim happened about 4,000 years ago. This feature is being written in 2022 A.D., pegging Noah and his ark to approximately 4,370 years ago. August 4, 2016, New York Times. Scientific evidence of flood may give credence to legends of China's first dynasty. August 5, 2016, UK Telegraph. First evidence of legendary China flood may rewrite history. August 4, 2016, Washington Post. Legends say China began in a great flood. Scientists just found evidence that the flood was real. August 4, 2016, ScienceMagazine.org. Massive flood may have led to China's earliest empire. Eighty whales have been unearthed in the Peruvian desert. The famous Hell Creek Formation covering areas in three U.S. states is festooned with a strange grouping of fossilized creatures, dinosaurs, saw-toothed tigers, seagoing creatures of many stripes, and all were destroyed by a devastating flood. 
new excavations in Bowman, North Dakota, USA, a landlocked stake, are full of various seagoing creatures entangled with trees, flowers, various land-dwelling creatures, including dinosaurs. What's most remarkable is that all of these creatures were transported together by a flood. It's a long trip from the ocean to North Dakota. In his book, Dragons of the Deep, Carl Whelan writes the following concerning the Shoshone mountain reptile, a sea monster known as uh, Shonosaurus. The location in which Shonosaurus fossils come to light is interesting, too. The Shoshone Mountains of Nevada are in the middle of the desert, yet 36 Shonosaurus fossils were found together there at an altitude of over 7,000 feet, end of quote. Sea monsters in Nevada? The magazine The Week ran the following headline in their May 20, 2022 issue, The Sea Reptile That Could Eat a Giant Squid. The feature speaks of a tooth of this sea-going giant, Ichthyosaur, which was found in the Swiss Alps. The marine fossil, crinoid, a sea lily, was found embedded in limestone on the top of Mount Everest. Robert, Robert Ballard, famous for the discovery of the Titanic, was being interviewed by ABC News and Christine Almapore. Ballard says, We went in, the Black Sea region, to look for the flood, Ballard continued. Not just the slow-moving, advancing rise of sea level, but a really big flood that then stayed. The land that went under stayed under. 400 feet below the surface, they unearthed an ancient shoreline, proof to Ballard that a catastrophic event did happen in the Black Sea. By carbon dating shells found along the shoreline, Ballard said he believes they have established a timeline for that catastrophic event, which he estimates happened about 5000 B.C. Some experts believe this was around the time when Noah's flood would have occurred. The earlier Mesopotamian stories are very similar where the gods are sending a flood to wipe out humans, said biblical archaeologist Eric Klein. There's one man they choose to survive. He builds a boat and brings on animals and lands on a mountain and lives happily ever after. I would argue that it's the same story. End of quote. Over 500 ancient societal records speak of a Noah-like event. The God Said, Man Said series, uh, the 6,000s, list over 60 discoveries of today's earth that shout an emphatic yes to God's young earth and Noah. After 14 billion years of Evo time, isn't it a shock to you that today's certified research shouts 6,000? That's just 0.00004% of proposed time. How did all these great happenings that are being discovered, all get clumped into such a short span of time, just point zero 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 four percent of time. When today's research is presented unmassaged by evolution's theories spawned in the deceivableness of unrighteousness, you will see young. In the God Said, Man Said series, the 6,000s, we list over 60 discoveries that all say yes, several follow. The genetic diversity of man began 5,100 years ago. Man's best brain was 3,000 to 6,000 years ago. There was a global mass extinction event 5,000 years ago. The Chinese civilization, one of the world's oldest, begins 4,000 years ago as a result of a massive flood. The world's oldest known plague 
was 5,100 years ago. Pigeons were first domesticated 5,000 years ago. Cats were first domesticated 6,000 years ago. Panda bears developed their taste for bamboo 5,000 years ago. Horses were first domesticated 5,500 years ago. Chickens were first domesticated 4,000 years ago. The list is long. For billions of purported years, we see nothing, and then everything, end of quote. The following excerpts are from the RCR, ICR's publication, Acts and Facts, the May-June 2022 issue. The ICR column project, project team, led by geologist Dr. Tim Clary, has mapped out the rock record of the global flood across the world's continents. Using extensive data from petroleum industry wells, rock outcrops, seismic data, and published cross-sections. ICR scientists have input detailed sedimentary rock data along with mega-sequence boundaries across every region, including the continental shelf. These data confirm the reality of a global geological column created by the action of the global flood. This monumental and unprecedented project has shown that the global flood is represented by the same sedimentary rock record trends on every continent that's been evaluated, end of quote. The headline in the July-August 2022 issue of Action Facts reads, Asia data confirms progressive global flood, excerpts follow. The Institute for Creation Research's column project team recently finished a two-year study of Asia. We have now accumulated column data across five of the world's seven continents, with Australia in progress and Antarctica in the future. Our results reinforce earlier findings of a progressive global flood. After examining the rock record across five continents, we can now be more assured than ever that there was a global flood as described in Genesis, the rocks don't lie, end quote. Skeptics routinely crow, if Noah's real, where did all the water go? Columbiana University researchers report, that ocean levels were once 400 feet lower than they are today. Seems like the water didn't go anywhere. If the earth were as smooth as the ball, it is calculated that the waters would be nearly two miles above it. Geologists estimate that three to five times the amount of water in the oceans resides deep inside the earth in a porous rock called ringwoodite. A 25-foot fossilized baleen whale was found in the Santa Cruz Mountains of California. If Noah and the global flood are true, and they certifiably are, then Marx, Darwin, and their atheistic throng are in a heap of trouble. They cannot allow a divine foot in the door. They must resist at all costs, regardless of the facts. The following paragraph and an ancient Chinese language symbol for boat were published in the book A Closer Look at the Evidence, written by Richard and Tina Kleiss. In addition to the Bible, which clearly presents the worldwide flood as a factual event in which eight humans were saved on a floating ark, every culture in the world has a flood story. The very symbol in the ancient Chinese language for boat is a combination of the symbols for eight, people, and vessel, end of quote. The following excerpt is from Censored Science under the title Flooded But Not Forgotten. There is such a body of common remembrance, not concerning visitors from outer space, but for an event of such overwhelming geological significance 
that its implications are mind-boggling. Yet this collection of eyewitness testimonies is seldom mentioned in world history books. The traditions preserved in a vast number of cultures concerns the common knowledge of a past flood of worldwide proportion. For instance, one non-Christian website lists 258 different cultural stories of a flood. Over 90% of those stories indicate that the flood was worldwide in extent, killing all of humanity except a select hero figure. Over 70% of the accounts mentioned that the flood was sent by some godlike figure. Approximately 50% of the accounts include details indicating that the flood was sent in response to man's sinfulness, that the hero was saved along with a select few, often from his family, and that he was saved on some sort of floating vessel, end of quote. The following information is from Creation Ministries Magazine, Volume 38, Number 3, published 2016, under the heading Animal Salad, written by entomologist Linda Bear. A few years ago, I drove out of Cape Town and headed north some 80 miles to Logbanwag in the vicinity of Logbun, western Cape South Africa. I visited the fossil park there that contains the bones of over 200 different species of animals buried in the sediments of an ancient flood. Walking down the gravel pathway to the site, I listened with half an ear to the mandatory plug for long ages delivered by a guide. He strangely came across as somewhat less than convinced about the five-million-year time frame he was advocating. The reason for his ambivalence was plain to see. My eldest son, Jonathan, uttered the most concise description of the chaos that lay before us. Dad, it's an animal salad, he enthused. There before us were the bones of giant wild pigs, over 40 specimens of aardvarks, numerous long-necked and short-necked giraffes, and five different species of hyena. Also, an extinct form of hippo, a three-toed horse called a parian, three pieces of uh, species of elephant, bonobock antelopes, as well as the bosophine, which today is found only in Asia, a saber-toothed cat, a wolverine, an enormous African bear, and a large number of smaller animals, such as mice, mole rats, golden moles, frogs, and lizards, including chameleons. Of birds, there are no less than 10,000, identified so far, bones of 90 different species, including marine birds, such as cormorants, penguins, and albatross, shorebirds, songbirds, parrots, woodpeckers, and at least some species of ostrich. Of even, of even more importance included in the jumble of bones are those of seals, whales, and, and megalodon sharks, creating a mixture of marine, avian, and land mammal bones that were laid down in this single catastrophic event. The evolutionary explanation for the mayhem under and around our feet is that five million years ago, a precursor of the present Berg River flooded, and the fossils are remains of animals that were washed into the area. Interestingly, the information material refers to a catastrophic flood, as well as the ocean levels being around 98 feet higher than today. This is to account for the marine fossil phosphate deposits. The sheer numbers of creatures that died raises the question, Excuse me, what kind of river was this? Today, when a river floods, most, if not all, of the mammals quickly move away. 
What then of the scores of species of flying birds ranging from quails to albatrosses that were unable to simply lift their wings and fly away? End quote. No divine foot allowed. If God's account of Noah and the global flood are true, Marx, Darwin, and atheism are all dead, and they are. They are simply unaware of it. God's word has entered the room, and darkness must by necessity leap out the window. Settle it in your heart. God's word is true and righteous altogether, every jot and every tittle. The mighty Joshua of old settles the issue in Joshua twenty four fifteen. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. God said, Genesis 6, 5 through 8. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. God said, Genesis seven seventeen through 23. And the flood was 40 days upon the earth, and the waters increased and bare up the ark, and it was lifted up above the earth. And the waters prevailed and were increased greatly upon the earth, and the ark went upon the face of the waters. And the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth, and all the high hills that were under the whole heaven were covered. Fifteen cubits upward did the waters prevail, and the mountains were covered. And all flesh died that moved upon the earth, both of fowl and of cattle and of beasts, and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, and every man, all in whose nostrils was the breath of life of all that was in the dry land died. And every living substance was destroyed, which was upon the face of the ground, both man and cattle and the creeping things and the fowl of the heaven. And they were destroyed from the earth, and Noah only remained alive, and they that were with him in the ark. God said, Psalms 19.9, The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Man said, A young lady riding down the road and considering the issue of God muses, Who needs God? I'll follow the science. She rounds the bend and sees a terrible accident scene in front of her, bodies and cars strewn across the road. She exclaims, Oh, my God! Now you have the record.